0: Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. And we pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. So we've been the last couple of weeks kind of uh, uh, building up to uh, what we really want to talk about and the Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about our place in God, and last week we talked about the gift of God. And uh, these lessons are um, from a book that I've been reading, uh, and the author's name is John Bevere, a Christian author, and uh, the title of the book is "Breaking Intimidation." And uh, he starts off letting us know, you know, that uh, as Christians we have a place in God, and we have a specific place and a specific gift from God, but one thing that can uh, hinder these things and get us out of our place, out of sorts, and uh, let our gift go dormant is uh, allowing intimidation to get in our lives and, uh, and overcome us. So before we can break intimidation, we need to expose it. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, exposing intimidation. Exposing intimidation, we need to identify it, and we identify the source of it. Uh, last week we had talked about a scripture. Just want to uh, uh, read it again. Second Timothy one six. Paul talking to Timothy. Now Timothy was uh, a a young minister that Paul uh, was a mentor to, and so he said in Second Timothy one six. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, that word stir up is another uh, way of saying rekindle or reignite. Like if you got a fireplace going and it kind of goes down, you know, you you grab that metal thing or whatever, uh, that little poker, and you start like stoking the fire, getting the coals going, or got a campfire out uh, somewhere, Uh, You get it going, you know, get those coals going uh, again and put another, uh, some more sticks on the fire. And that's what stir up means, to rekindle, to reignite, amen, to get it fired up again and get it going, praise God. You know, uh, so he was talking to Timothy, stir up the gift of God that was in him so it wouldn't go dormant, it wouldn't go cold, amen. Because the gift that God gives us It does not work automatically. Amen. We, he gives it to us for us to use. And when we use it, we won't lose it. When we use it, it gets stronger. When we use it, it it stays alive. Amen. So we need to keep those gifts that God gives us stirred up and alive in our lives. Amen. And we found out last week, the best way to do that, the, the gifts God gives us are to be a blessing to others. Others in the church, others in our neighborhood, others at our job, our school, wherever, wherever we shop, wherever we go. Amen. It's all for others and for the glory of God. Amen. So one of the things that can keep our gift that God gives us dormant or inactive is fear. Amen. And the very next verse uh, that Paul talks to Timothy about is is says in First Second Timothy 1.7, for God, so he says, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Why? Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The Greek word translated fear in this verse, it implies timidity. Amen, like timid. Paul lets us know that God has not given us the spirit of timidity. Amen. You know, some people, they look at Christians and they say, you know, oh, you know, you need to be meek and you're humble and you're turning the other cheek. That means you're weak. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to be weak. But I say, uh, you don't know what you're talking about because Christians are the strongest people out there. Amen. Praise God. And so when you read both of these verses together, you come to the conclusion that, That intimidation, amen, the spirit of fear that comes from intimidation can cause the gift of God to go dormant inside of us. That's why we got to stir it up and not let intimidation affect us, amen. The definition of intimidation is to render timid, to inspire with fear, to browbeat, to bully, to discourage, to coerce, or suppress by threatening. And I think all of us have come across that in our lives at one time or another, amen. Now, the origin, the origin of intimidation is fear, which has its root in our adversary, the devil. He is the originator of all fear and, and timidity, and he used it on Adam and Eve, and he's used it on the human race all through the centuries and millennia. He will attack us by way of our thoughts, our imaginations, and even using circumstances in our lives uh, to intimidate us because he wants to try to control us. He wants to try to limit our, uh, our impact on others, amen, because he knows if we will keep that gift stirred up and we will walk in faith and do what God wants us to do, we are a threat to him and we, amen, are going to cause damage to his kingdom, amen. So, you know, you read about Elijah, and um, he came to King Ahab, he wasn't afraid of him, he wasn't intimidated by Ahab at all, he said, he said, by my word, it's not going to rain for the next three years, and it didn't, and God kept Elijah through the famine, and Ahab tried to cause grief with Elijah all through the time, and Elijah just dealt with that guy in faith, and all kinds of things through God, and it was great, and then uh, there came a time where Elijah up on Mount Carmel, when it was a pivotal time in Israel's history to who they were going to serve. It was Elijah by himself on one side over here and 850 prophets of Baal on the other side. And Elijah said, how long? Are... And then he had all the people. A lot of the people were up on the side of that mountain watching this, this situation. And he said, we're going to decide whose God we're going to serve here amen how long are you guys going to just be uh in between two opinions if god be god we're going to serve him so he said okay prophets of Baal go first and they try he and he said what we're going to do is we're going to make altars with wood and with all kinds of stuff and with the sacrifice and the first god that answers by fire that's going to be the god that everyone's going to worship so, prophets of Baal, you go first. 850 guys. In the morning, it was afternoon, evening, you know, late, you know, late afternoon. They were screaming. They were like cutting themselves even. They were going crazy. They were, you know, all and they were just exhausted. And there wasn't even a little smolder on their sacrifice. And then he, and then they were all exhausted. He goes, You guys done? Okay, good, because the sun's about ready to go down. And then he comes over here and he says a short prayer. And he and he's for a little bit of extra You know, salt in the wound. He said, I want you to put a trench around my wood and I want you to fill it with water, and I want you to douse my wood with bucket after bucket of water because, you know, that's going to be all soggy, and it's not going to catch fire, right? And just do that, okay? Because we're going to see who's the real God here. Amen. And then he said, Lord, he said a prayer, and God would do it, and then all of a sudden God answered by fire, and the fire licked up the water in the trench. It made that wood turn into ash, and the meat and the sacrifice on it was gone. There was just ashes right there just like that, and all the people said, the Lord Jehovah, he is God, amen, <laughs> praise God, so Elijah was not intimidated by King Ahab, and he was not intimidated by the prophets of Baal, or Baal, he's a false god, at all, amen, but after that great victory, Ahab's wife, Queen Jezebel, when Ahab went home and he was all crying in his root beer and said, oh, you know, uh, look what Elijah did to all the prophets and all this stuff. And then she got all fired up and she sent Elijah a letter and said, I'm gonna do to you what you did to my prophets and you're gonna be, you're gonna be a dead man. And instead of just saying, okay, God, I took care of Ahab and I took care of the prophets of Baal and I'm gonna take care of this wicked queen by your help. He ran for his life at that letter. Because the New Testament said, Elijah is a human being just like we are. You know, we could be on you know, cloud nine on one day. On the next day, it's like, oh, where's God? You know, I, I don't know what's happening here. You know, because we're human. So he ran for his life because of intimidation. Struck fear in his heart from one letter from the wicked queen Jezebel. Amen. So the devil is the originator of, of all fear amen and he uses it against people even uh, you know great prophets we we see so see when we give in to the spirit of intimidation our gifts become inactive we become confused indecisive we yield our god-given authority over to the intimidator amen and then we be become ineffective because the goal of an intimidating spirit is to cause us to lose our proper perspective. Hey, I'm a child of God. Amen. I'm a, I'm a king's kid. I got authority. You know, I, I'm coming in the name of Jesus and the blood. Of, I got the spirit of God living inside of me. I, I, don't need to, I don't need to back off on anybody. Amen. Because when we uh, let intimidation take over, it'll make uh, it seem like everything is overwhelming and difficult and even impossible. The stronger the intimidation, the greater the discouragement, the greater the hopelessness. We must deal with this spirit right away because it, it can cause us. We will say things that we would have thought we would ever say when we're intimidated. We will do things we would thought we would never do when we're intimidated. Because intimidation paralyzes us and causes us to compromise. Now, we're exposing it tonight. Amen. And then next week, we're going to talk about breaking it. Praise God. Amen. So, so it, it caused us to compromise what we know is right. It caused us to tolerate what we would normally never stand for. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament times, back in uh, the, the end of the book of Judges and the beginning of the uh, book of First Samuel, the next book, we read about Eli, who was the 15th judge of Israel, and he was also one of the high priests. He served uh, Israel for 40 years. Amen. And we don't read a whole lot about his early days uh, of serving the, Lord, uh, the, the people as high priests, but we read about toward the end of his days when he was an older man and he had two grown sons who were priests under him. And uh, they sadly were wicked and misused the offerings that were brought to the tabernacle and they did other terrible things as well. And Eli got heard about it. The people started telling Eli about uh, his sons, and and uh, you know, really, he should have once he found out that it was all true, and he should have removed them from being priests. But all he did was really give them a slap on the hand. He gave them a lecture, and uh, which they ignored, and he allowed them to continue to be priests. And then God told Eli. In 1 Samuel 2 29, he said, Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling? And honor your sons above me. Verse 30 For those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now, um, uh, John Bevere says this An intimidated person honors what he fears. More than God. That's a powerful statement. In this case, Eli honored what he feared. He was intimidated by his, his own boys. Amen. And so he honored them over God. And because Eli honored his sons over God, then judgment came. And, and Samuel, he was a young man, and God was already speaking to him, and he spoke to him to tell Eli something. And one of the things he told Samuel to tell Eli, 1 Samuel 3:13. For I have told him, talking about Eli, this is God talking to Samuel. I have told him, Eli, that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and did not restrain them. So Eli was a father in his old age that was intimidated by his own kids. You know, sadly, in, in today we're living, there, there are people, there are parents that are intimidated by their own kids right now. Amen. And that's a sad thing. And, the, you know, the kids are like running the show and stuff. And that, that shouldn't be that way. You know, the Bible says that that's the way it's going to be in the last days, though. They'll be disobedient to parents. And it's a sad thing to see teenagers or any kid rebel against their parents and be unthankful or disrespectful. And when parents allow their kids to intimidate them, then they relinquish their authority to establish order in their home and to raise their kids the way God wants them to raise them. Amen. So we're exposing intimidation. So intimidation has many sources. It can manifest itself at work from a boss or a fellow employee. Have you ever had a boss intimidate you? I have. Okay. 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 I'll do it. A fellow employee even, you know, um, it can manifest itself at school from a teacher or a fellow student. We talked about intimidation being, you know, defined as a bully. How many times in school has somebody came and like, you know... took something out of my lunch or they knew I had, I had lunch money. You know, I have, you know, my mom would give us lunch money once a week. And that was, you know, we could buy something out of the vending machines or eat some of that stuff that they called food out of the cafeteria, but it still was pretty good. Whatever, anything you could fry, a, you know, a flip flop and it tastes pretty good to me. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, they'd come and say, they know you had money on, like say every Wednesday you had money and say, like, give me that quarter, you know, and I'm like, no, I got to, it's for me. No, it's for me, you know, and you get intimidated. You give the quarter. You don't give the quarter, then you get, you know, they shove you inside a locker or something. And then you're like, oh, let me out of here. So it can manifest itself at home from an immediate family member, or extended family member. You know, it's because we, we, you know, it's just, it's all over the place. So intimidation, they're, they're going to be intimidators, just like they're going to be offenders, amen that want to offend us but so we got to come to the place where we're not going to allow ourselves to be offended and we're not going to allow ourselves to be intimidated amen because they're always going to be around so we're going to take charge of our side of the equation amen and expose it and break it in our lives and when we do we're going to be mightily used by god we're going to be free we're going to be free amen so in order to truly recognize and deal with intimidation we got to understand two things. First, fear or timidity is a spirit. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Second, it's not from God. Amen. It, you know, so, God has not given us a spirit of fear, so it's not from God. Amen. In other words, God has not given us a, the spirit of timidity. Another version says that way. And the Greek word for spirit in this verse is the same word we get translated Holy Spirit or when it talks about human spirit or even when it talks about a demonic spirit. It's the same word, spirit, amen. And so we're talking about a spirit when when we're talking about intimidation, even though it's used and it comes from people a lot of times, it's still a spirit. Intimidation is not just an attitude. It's not just a, a disposition but it's a spirit. And since intimidation is a spirit, we cannot fight against it and overcome it just intellectually. We cannot will it to go away. We cannot just, you know, close our eyes and go in the corner and count, you know, and and hope it's not there when we open our eyes. Well, it's still there. Spiritual resistance requires spiritual assistance. Amen. And that's where God comes in to help us. Now, if we didn't have God in our lives, we'd be in a big mess because then we wouldn't know how to fight it. Praise God. People are intimidated by what other people think or say or do. People are intimidated by the future. They spend all their time and energy worrying about what might never happen. Amen. You know, um, there are intimidators and then there are the intimidated, right? And some people live, you know. Some people are just intimidating people. Does any, do you do you know an intimidating person in your life? You don't have to give me any names. I don't know. I don't need any. But do you know somebody could be in your family, could be in, you know, at your job, could be, you know, that just intimidate? There, it seems like they they always get their way, and people always kind of kowtow around them, and you know, sidestep and walk on eggshells around this person, and, you know. And and you know why? Because that person has learned and they get good at intimidating until people will stand up and say nope and then they'll go to somebody else when they know that it's not going to work on you anymore they've learned how to use the spirit of intimidation why to control others i want you to do what i want you to do and i want you to do it when i want you to do it amen praise god now elijah he wasn't intimidated by king ahab and he wasn't intimidated by 850 prophets of baal queen jezebel intimidated him now it was it, there was good reason for that but he should we you know and i know we're all looking in hindsight or whatever you know he's we we know he should have just trusted god and we could say the same for us we should have trusted god in that situation also when, when we maybe we give in gave in to intimidation but you see, Jezebel, she intimidated Ahab, her husband. He was, the king had the crown, but she was really the, she had the puppet strings and telling him what to do. And, Je- and Jezebel, it was her 850 prophets of Baal. She's the one that got Baal worship going in Israel. And it was that was her. And she intimidated those priests of Baal. Amen. And so Elijah wasn't intimidated by any of that but but she was a formidable fo- force amen and maybe in his moment of weakness he just he just ran instead of fighting her amen cuz she had a very strong and controlling spirit amen so when we allow fear to enter our heart it will affect our peace it will affect our confidence our courage our endurance and even our sense of security Amen. And we cannot get rid of fear um, born of intimidation, the fear that comes from intimidation. We can't, you know, just do it by dealing with the symptoms. We got to deal with the source. We got to deal with the root of the problem. Amen. We got to overcome the force behind the fear. You know, you can just, if, 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 if we compare intimidation and fear to, uh, say, a fruit tree, then I'm just going to pick all the fruit off. And so that trees is bare. All right, I got all that off. Not going to bug me anymore. And then all of a sudden I'm going down the road and I look back and what's sprouting all those branches? Some more flowers and they're turning into some more fruit and they're going to bug me again. Those are the byproducts, amen, of intimidation, fear and this and confusion and all that. I'm pulling all that down and dealing with all the symptoms. And what I need to do, amen, in, in the spirit, is get the axe from God and cut down the whole tree. Praise God. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Amen. The worst thing we can do when the spirit of intimidation manifests itself is to ignore it. Oh, it's not there. It's not there. It's not there. Amen. You know, positive mental attitude, it's not there. I, I, I will it to be gone. I will it to be gone. Be gone! You know, and all that. Stuff. No, it's still, still there, and ugly as ever. It's still there, mean as ever. It's still there. The spirit of intimidation. You see, it's not of God, which lets us know it's not a good spirit. It's an evil spirit. Amen. And ignoring an evil spirit in your life will only make it stronger. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. We have a promise: no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. So intimidation is a spirit and we cannot fight spiritual battles using weapons of our flesh, weapons of our intellect uh, or, or of our talent or humanity. We gotta fight a spirit with a spirit and we fight a spirit with God's spirit. Amen. We fight human spirits with God's spirit. We fight demonic spirits with God's spirit amen second corinthians 10 verse 3 for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ amen Praise God. Cast down imagination. See, he uses our imagination. He, he, decei- he tries to deceive us. He tries to whisper in our ear about stuff. Amen. And we ought to understand, we can cast it down. It's because it's mighty through God. Amen. To the pulling down of strong. Intimidation is a stronghold in our life. We're pulling it down. So the enemy of intimidation attacks our very soul, and it cannot be defeated through psychology or positive thinking, according to Ephesians six seventeen, our weapon against intimidation is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Amen. It is written. When the devil tried to, you know, he's the chief intimidator, right? He intimidated Adam and Eve. He's intimidated prophets and and people and all through the Bible. And so here, when this when this uh, man Jesus turns 30 years old, just gets baptized by his older cousin, John the Baptist. And he immediately goes into the wilderness fast for 40 days. And he is met one-on-one with the tempter, with the intimidator, with the devil. And he tempts him. Amen. He tries to put intimidation on him and he strikes, tries to strike fear in his heart. And God manifested in the flesh said, uh-uh. And he, he, just fought him. It is written. It is written. Yeah. It is written. I have the sword of the spirit. It is written. Amen. And we can do that too. We can stand on his word and say it is written. Because confronting and overcoming the spirit of intimidation will wake up and stir up the gift of God inside of us. Amen. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.